0: Welcome to Small Business Talk, episode 130. Today, my guest is Dario Cucci, and Dario is from Entrepreneur Growth. So welcome, Dario.
1: Thanks for having me, Kathy.
0: And today we're going to talk about how limiting beliefs can hinder your success, and they certainly can. So let's get into it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I experienced in my life when I first started working in the self-development industry as uh, promoting Tony Robbins uh, events in Australia whilst I was living there. The company that was selling his tickets and I was on commission-based only sales. I had that belief that I can do it for some reason, but I underestimated it. Every day, even though I was training NLP and all of that, every day when I made phone calls to sell his programs, I didn't make a sale. And one of the reasons I believe was because of my mindset at that time, even though I was in a way progressed in having a positive mindset, knowing what I need to do, I didn't have the self-confidence and self-belief that I can actually sell over the phone something that costs over a thousand dollars or more. I remember that time when I, after two weeks of not making a sale and not having all, you know, money in my bank account to pay the rent, literally I had like $300 left and the rent was coming up for, was $900. I made that decision that morning. I woke up and I shifted my mindset completely from one moment to another to go, today, either I'm going to make a sale or I'm going to do a regular job like waitering or customer service or something that's paid hourly rate. At least I got a secure income. And with that mindset, I went into the office. The only thing that was different in regards to my approach at that time were two things. One was mindset. And the other thing was that I followed up with a lead that already like, I had a good conversation with and had that belief, I'm going to close her today. And from there on, on that day, even though that changed, That made all the difference because all of a sudden I had a certain urgency, I had a certain self confidence, a certainty that I didn't have before. Because if I didn't make that sale on that day, I would have quit the job and had to look for another job, and I wouldn't have the money to pay for my rent. So on that day, I ended up making that sale. And besides the questions, besides all the other stuff that also played into it, was of definitely the mindset because that's when I had that breakthrough that all I really needed to do is believe in myself and my ability to sell and serve the person through conversation even though I might not do it in person like I used to when I used to be a personal trainer now I do it over the phone but as long as I serve them and they see the value in it they will buy it from me regardless if they see me or not.
0: Isn't that so true that we put our own story and our own mindset behind it? Even though in one aspect we're saying, yes, I can do this, we've got that sneaky little ego on the other aspect going, oh, who do you think you are? They can't see you. How could they possibly be buying from you? So we need to be careful of those two aspects and making sure that the ego is actually helping us and not hindering us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just, I mean, the ego is is there to protect us in a way, but it also hinders us because we compare ourselves to other people rather than comparing ourselves to ourselves. When you compare yourself with somebody else, you can never be somebody else. You're always you, the unique person that you are. So it's important to accept that because as soon as you do, you don't try to be someone else. You end up becoming your authentic self.
0: Yes, absolutely. And Marie Folio puts it very well. She says, don't try to be somebody else because they're already taken.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That was over 20 years ago when that happened. But that was my breakthrough moment about mindset, about not only mindset when it comes to your own self-confidence, as well as when it comes to selling. That's when I changed my approach about sales in, in general because I used to do the hard selling And I realized that's really hard doing that. Keep on overcoming objections. Keep on arguing with people about the value of it and why it's important for them. And I mean, who am I to tell a person it's important to you? You need to figure that out yourself. If you don't, then obviously it's not. and since then, I created my own way of selling using mindset tools and strategies along the way because it worked for me I'm almost for 10 years in a row. The companies I ended up working with, there were three companies after, you know, the one that promoted Tony Robbins. And then after he actually took a break from coming to, to Australia for a while, I got referred to a new company. I ended up getting a new job with a salary and commission. From there, after about a year, I moved from Sydney to Melbourne and then I ended up getting uh, to work for Jamie McIntyre, 21st Century Education, and that was my last kind of employment kind of thing that I did in Australia. In every company, I generated approximately... 1 to 1.5 million additional sales revenue by selling over the phone. Combination with training and acquisition team and sales team and so on. But that's sort of like what I ended up doing. And one of the reasons that has been the case is because the way that I ended up in a conversation style to build trust with people... Not uh, just pitching, you know, the product, but really getting to know them and having a positive mindset about it. So no matter if they bought or didn't buy, I treated them the same.
0: So do you think you could give us a couple of tips, the audience, on those conversational things and maybe about how people can overcome their their mindset of they can't sell?
1: One tip that I can give you every day when you get up, and no matter how many conversations you have, right, or, or phone calls you do or meetings, my one tip in regards to mindset is go with the approach Be flexible. Be adaptive. Instead of being focused on, I'm just going to pitch and close, go with the mindset. I'm going to get to know the person and see what they need and how I can serve them and then take it from there. And if I have or when I have five quality conversations that added value to the other person's life, then I've done my job. Because I tell you what, too many people are focused on just going through a structured conversation flow, which is important. But if you don't serve the person through asking quality questions, by having empathy, by understanding what they need and really engaging with them on a level that is deeper, you're not going to be any different than anybody else and you're not going to make the sale because the trust factor will be missing. Whereas when you have a quality conversation, you get to know the person and you tell them the solution along the way. And then at the end of the conversation, you go, so how does that sound? Would you be ready to get started right now? or Would you like to think about it? It's okay to ask that question because we, no one of us likes the pressure of, I need to make a decision now. Some people are ready to make a decision, but each of us has a different convincing strategy. Somebody might, um, and what I mean by that is we get bombarded with social media, we get bombarded with ads, with campaigns, with email marketing, and each of us has a different way of processing that information on a subconscious level. So, but what research has shown is that each each of us needs to have at least seven touch points before we make that buying decision. And so I don't know where you're at with your decision-making process. So I need to check in. And one thing that you can do is you can throughout the conversation, just ask them, does this make sense? If They go, yes. Does that sound good to you? Yes. Oh, great. Do i are there any questions? Do, do you have any questions? Then I go, yes, I do. Oh, great. So what is the question? And the more yeses you actually take from the conversation, the more likely it will be that at the end they will be ready to make a decision. And they will go, okay, yes, I do want to go ahead or give me 24 hours and then I'll make a decision, whatever the reason. And then you, you don't need to do as much objection handling. When you do that. And the second thing is it will feel natural.
0: Yes, absolutely. And there's a couple of different things I'd like to unpack there. The the first thing is about serving and adding value rather than just making a sale. And mm. I think our changing world in the last couple of years has really shown that, that we're looking for community, we're looking for value. And we don't just want to be sold to and be a number. So that's really important. The other thing is that the um, seven touch points, they're now saying up to 20. So um, (laughs) with our modern world and um, social media and the stuff that we're being bombarded on, that people are, are now, they've got access to so much more information that that becomes an overwhelm. So that seven is really pushed out.
1: Yeah, I reckon that's just like a guideline as a minimum. I think it's more on a subconscious level that we then ourselves need to decide. I think one is the touch points where you have an interaction with the person, and the other one is when they are influenced by other things around them. See, when you, I believe when you actually hold the conversation, that seven is still accurate because if let's say I, I contact you today and you heard about me for the first time, then you go, "Yeah, sounds interesting. I will have a look. We might have another time to have a call. You had a look at the information. Now it is more specific because now you know what you're looking for. And then we have another conversation during a conversation. I keep on enforcing that through the conversation that I have with you. Um, for you to say yes. And that's where ultimately it will accelerate your own decision-making process. And with the 20, I do believe that, um, but that's more likely because of like the overwhelm, like you mentioned of all the information being bombarded at you, not with you. So it's almost like there are people that are pitching and they're speaking at you, but not with you. And when you speak with somebody, You don't have that. You don't have that wall up. You open up and you go, oh, yeah, I welcome that conversation. I like that style.
0: Yes, and I think it is definitely to do with style too because – Gone are the days, like you said, of the hard pitch because we're all aware of what's going on. It's like putting your email into a lead magnet. You know that they're going to hit you with an offer of some sort somewhere down the track. So we're all aware of that now. So it's definitely about looking at that style and what's authentic to you. If it's not authentic to you, it's going to show through And therefore, you're not going to have the confidence to follow that through. And that brings us back to the mindset is that your limiting belief then is going to stop you because you don't feel confident. So therefore, you're going to put your limiting beliefs up and the um, person at the other end is not going to feel confident either. So one of the things you said that can help our limiting belief is confidence. What else do you think we could be looking at to help overcome that limiting belief?
1: Well, it really depends on the limiting belief that you're telling yourself to have. And I mean, that is an ongoing process. This is why I end up working with clients, because I end up helping them reprogram their subconscious mind. But one limiting belief could be on a subconscious level, and you can't even recall that maybe you decided to have that limiting belief when you were a kid, and now you're an adult. And it just it interferes every time you feel... Um, unsure of yourself, he comes up with that, Um, you have no value, as an example. Yes,
0: absolutely. You, You could say something like, health coaches never make any money because you've never met a health coach that's made money. So suddenly that becomes your belief, you're a health coach and you keep hitting income ceilings because health coaches never make any money in your mind.
1: Yeah, like I don't believe I need to charge for what I deliver or things like that. And I, I remember during a, during an event that I held, I did in a, uh, in a prompt to coaching on stage. And one lady said, you know what, I got more than enough money. Why should I charge for my services and ask for money? And I said, well, when it's free, people don't necessarily value it. On the other hand, though, you charge for it, not only will the person learn from it more because they're given more value from themselves to you in exchange for what it is that you do, you also have the power to make a positive impact with the money you earn in different ways because the more money you have, the more energy you have. And so therefore, um, you're serving the, the person that comes to you more, serving ultimately the universe more as well. And all of a sudden, the penny dropped with her and she's like, "Ah, oh, I never looked at it that way. That's one limiting belief that I coached her to let go of on that day.
0: Yes, absolutely. And sometimes it's not necessary about not wanting to make more money. It's about not wanting to spend more money. So once again, that's a limiting belief. If you've got more money then you could always give it to charity, you could help out the homeless, you could do whatever your particular passion is, whether it's animals, children, abuse, whatever, that money could go to solving some of the world's problems. You don't have to keep it.
1: Exactly. And so, I mean, there's a limiting belief, I don't want to be rejected as an example, when it comes to selling. Or when a person makes the phone call and they have an objection, instead of looking at that from an objective point of view, they're taking it personally and they go, well, the person doesn't like me, I don't like that feeling of not being like. So therefore, they're not going to make phone calls because that's what their belief is, as an example. And uh, you need to learn how to let go of taking an objection personally. You need to see it as... The person has objections because they got questions. Those questions, when you answer them, can help them gain clarity to why it is that they need your services and then make a buying decision. If you don't answer that or if you become defensive about it, the person will just find that as a justification to why they're not going to go ahead with it.
0: Yes, and generally from your conversation, even though you didn't handle that objection, they realize they've got that problem and will quite often buy from somebody else.
1: Yeah, because that person then was ready to go there to handle the objection in a a different way. I mean, you don't need to do a lot of objection handling when you are experienced enough to pre- Qualify the person and ultimately have those objections in the conversation built in and then check in with that person if they agree with your statement. So let's say if I were to uh, say to a person, well, happy to talk to work with you twice a month, obviously it's not going to be free. So there's an investment involved in it. Is that okay with you? And if that person will go, no, I don't want to pay, I want everything for free, I will go, well, then that's not going to work for me. <laughs> as an example, then I will go, well, that's not you want something for free. I can give you the book that I wrote, Turn Your Customers into Profit as an ebook. You can get that for free. Happy to give some tips for free right now. But if you want an ongoing one to one coaching, there is an investment because, first of all, you will get faster to get the results that you're after. I share with you my experience and knowledge that will help your business grow for making sales. And second of all, you will value it more when you invest in yourself by working with me. So therefore, you will learn faster and apply yourself better than if it just be free, wouldn't it? And then they go, yes. And this is just an example of an objection handling through conversation.
0: Yes. And there is no value in free. People don't value free. There's lots of people that have very expensive courses and they've given them to their friends and family and they never do them because they can do it anytime. And it just becomes, let again, another limiting belief, it's a mindset block and they just never do it. So yeah, you do have to put a price, not only on your services, but certainly on your time as well. And I think that's where a lot of business people go wrong they go but it's just my time but that's one of the few things that we don't have endless amounts of we can reproduce many different things but our time is not one of them so that absolutely. is absolutely great tips and i love the the way we, we're talking about conversations rather than sales calls because like you say even if they don't end up buying something You might have made a difference to their day just by talking to them and having a chat and particularly in the world that we're living in in the moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, you never know what's going to come from it, especially if you end up staying in touch with them. You might end up not making the sale right then and there, but maybe they become a client or they buy your product in three or six months time later after They've gone through some things and they developed themselves and they've gone through life and now they're ready. And it's much better when you have a person buy when they're ready to buy because not only their convince the strategy has been filled up, as well as they have organized themselves. If they're not organized, if they are in victim mode, you don't want a victim as a customer. Because if a customer is in victim mode, they will blame you and the world for things that they cannot do, no matter how well you want to help them. And uh, i give you an example. I mean, uh, when I have a person that wants to make more sales, as an example, and I say to them, okay, now as an author and coach, you need to connect with your prospects and hold those conversations. So make five phone calls a day where you have five conversations. Maybe it's 10 phone calls that you make to have those five conversations. But it put an effort in doing that so you experience the new conversation style that I taught you to do and practice it. And then wait, the next time when we get together, you can tell me where is your weakness, where you struggled with, what it is that you need more help with. A victim will not do that. They will go, well, I couldn't do those five phone calls a day during the last two weeks because my, my child was here. I had to do the washings. I had troubles with money. I had this, that, that. They find all the excuses under the sun why they could not do that. And none of them are justifying the reasons really to why they couldn't do it because they had still their voice to have a phone and they had the contacts and they are meeting people. So holding conversations and practicing your communication and your mindset is something you can do regardless every day. However, if you're in victim mode, then you don't do it. Whereas when you're in hero mode, You acknowledge where your weaknesses are and you step up even when it is challenging and you take accountability and you want clients like that because if you don't have a client that is accountable, you will have a hard time to actually get any kind of results with them.
0: Yes, most definitely. You can say you're going to do something and you can want to do something and you can reduce those limiting beliefs, but if you don't actually take any action, then nothing's going to come. We had a a lady that brought the secret to Australia um, Mm. on the podcast a few episodes ago, and that was what she said. You can want it, you can wish it, and you can visualize it as much as you like, but if you don't actually take action, it's still not going to work.
1: Yeah. Manifestation only happens through action. The universe doesn't really care which action you take. It does not judge you on it. It's just a matter of what kind of energy you're, put, you're putting out or with the action and where is your focus. And if you don't have those two things, the focus where you want to go with what it is that you want to create and the action backing it up, nothing's going to change. I mean, you might become more positive-minded. When you do self-development, you might end up meeting really great people. But that's the thing about it. I mean, NLP is just a tool, for instance, or hypnosis and all those kind of things that I do they are just a tool to help me help you reprogram your subconscious mind. But then you need to decide which action I'm I'm going to take right now when I just let go of the limiting belief that I'm uh, not good at sales. So now i got that belief I'm good at sales, but sales is the outcome of conversation. So therefore, you need to speak with people. If you don't speak with people, guess what? You can have the positive belief, I am good at sales, but if you don't speak to people, you're never going to make more money.
0: Very true. And you need to speak to the right people too. It's no point saying I'm going to make five calls to a particular demographic if they're not the demographic that's ever going to buy your services. So just think about what you're actually doing there as well. So you need to be thinking of who is your target audience and making sure that you are speaking and having those conversations with the correct people, not just any people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And at the same time, I also say this. Sometimes you will be surprised where the people are coming from. You might not expect it at all. You might not be focused on the person. Let's say, put it this way, I work with entrepreneurs and and business owners. But then I get the person saying, you know what, I don't want to focus on business. I want to get life coaching. So I end up doing live coaching, even though my focus is on business and sales, because that's their priority right now. And then I end up doing both. So kind of like between depends what it is that they want to focus on. And it helps them with sales as well, because as soon as you are more confident in yourself and you love yourself, it will also have an influence in the way you hold conversations when it comes to selling your services. And the funny thing about this is sometimes you will go out or you will meet people that might not be your target audience. But when you speak to them and tell them what it is that you do, they might end up being so interested about it is what it is that you do that they either themselves wanting to work with you in some capacity or refer you to somebody that can make use of your services. So, therefore, you need to have the behavioral flexibility to... And also the mindset to ultimately adapt the conversation style depending where you're at.
0: Absolutely. And we don't know who knows people. So it might be a case of somebody in their immediate circle had just been having a conversation previous to them going to that event or being on that call where they'd been looking for somebody in your Particular area. It's definitely a a case of being open and being flexible, but Hmm. you still need to be aware of who you're talking to and the way you're talking to them. So I think that is a, a very good tip. So, did you have any final tips for our audience on how they might be able to deal with their limiting beliefs?
1: If you have limiting beliefs, I mean, one tip that you can do is write out on a piece of paper, say, five limiting beliefs. And then ask yourself, if I were not to have a limiting belief, what would be the opposite of that limiting belief so that it becomes a belief that supports me rather than hinder me? What belief would I need to have? For instance, I'm not good at sales. Then the opposite of that is I'm very good at sales, as an example. I'm not confident. I'm very confident. I'm not good at selling or I'm not worth at selling or I don't want to deal with rejections then look at what's the opposite of what I don't want to deal with, rejections. Instead of saying that, you could say, I welcome objections so that I can build trust through answering them. And so, and you change them around and you got a positive belief like that. That's number one. That's a logical way of doing it. The second thing is if you really want to reprogram your subconscious mind and learn how to integrate into conversation style for, you know, providing service, selling your products and services better, feel free to reach out to me and going through my website. You can actually get a free 30 minute Discovery and sales booster call with me where I can go more into details what it is that you can work personally on and then ultimately give you some tips. And at the end of the conversation, we'll see if this is a good fit or not for us to work together or not, or if you need your own thing to do, or I might refer you to somebody else if I can not help you. So that's the best way to go about it. My website is www.dariocucci.net, where you can go to. And if you want to on Amazon, there's turning Customers Into Profit that you can actually get. And other books where I talk about the mindset, then that would be my tip. Look at what is the limiting belief right now that you have and then go with what is the opposite and then write that, that down. And the next thing you can do when you know that, start affirming that every day. So when I started doing that, I actually wrote it onto my mirror every morning. So every morning when I was brushing my teeth or doing anything, I would see those positive new beliefs. So I'm great at sales. I believe in myself. I'm confident. I'm abundant in every way and I love myself. I see that and I will say them to myself as I read them or even say them out loud. And if you do that every day, believe me, after a certain while, you will end up believing in those new beliefs that you created and no longer get hang up about your limiting belief because the thing is you have told yourself that limiting belief for so long it's not going to go away overnight you need to train yourself in having new beliefs your subconscious mind needs to learn that the way that this is an exercise where you go first through the logical mind and then it will absorb in a subconscious mind and that's why it will take a, a bit of time to do it this way
0: Great advice. And the mind doesn't know whether that's real or not. So by putting in the positive stuff and the good affirmations and changing those pathways, you've tricked the mind to say it's real so then you're able to make it real. So that's great advice. I love that, Dario. Okay, at this point in the podcast, we'll put all those links in the show notes for everybody to get. And we're down to our final five where I ask you five questions. So are you game?
1: absolutely go for it
0: what is the best advice given to you by a mentor
1: best advice given to me by a mentor is to not compare myself to others
0: lovely and I like the expression that says you shouldn't compare your first chapter to somebody else's chapter 20 (laughs) what is the biggest help that you have received since starting your business
1: would have been ultimately the mentorship from the people that I surround myself with. And there, so there were many. One of the biggest help would have been, since I started my business by Andy Harrington, giving me the confidence and the tools to ultimately do public speaking really well regardless of what's happening in telling my story and so promoting and helping me promote my business and but ultimately what I will have for life is the knowledge and the skill as a public speaker and with that, I was able to do many good things in a way to handle even like the most difficult situation when things didn't go as planned. So therefore, I would say that it's most definitely that case.
0: Fabulous. What is the one thing that you have to do every day, your non-negotiable?
1: My non-negotiable is for me, when I get up, it's like having a positive mindset and taking care of myself first. So doing sports, having good breakfast in the morning, looking after myself, and then ultimately go about the day having holding meetings and that sort of thing. But for me, the non-negotiables, being positive-minded, looking after myself uh, in every way possible, even like after my fitness and things like that, because without my health, I wouldn't be able to do what I do today.
0: That is very, very true. What is your favourite business book and why?
1: Um, The Power of Now uh, by Eckhart Tolle is one of my favourite books because he talks about being in the present, not in the past or the future. And I think that's very relevant to today because we are getting too much caught up about the past oh, I should have done, or why did I do this, or I regret that this happened, I should have known better, and all that. Or they get caught up in the future about, oh, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. Whereas when you're just grateful and and being present for who you are in that present, for me being me, for me living a good life, for me helping people, for me having great relationships with my family and my friends, then I can enjoy that and appreciate that for what it is. And that makes my life so much easier than if I were to go oh. I wish I could have spent more time with my family whilst I was in Australia and, my you know, my my family's in Switzerland. So I couldn't spend as much time with my family during those 15 years while I was in Australia. So there's no point in comparing it. So there's no point in going, oh, I wish I could have or would have. Uh, what well, what's the point? Whereas right now I'm in Switzerland. I enjoy my time with my family and I never regret being in Australia because I tell you what, the person that I am today is as because of the time that I spent in Australia that has shaped me to who I became on who I am today, as well as what I experienced before uh, moving to Australia and what I experienced after coming back to Switzerland. So it's a combination of things and I'm grateful for that.
0: That is so true. And sometimes when we ask our very next question, which is what do you wish you had known when you started out, we get people comparing that the past, the future and the want to's. So what do you wish you had known when we started out, Dario?
1: In the past, I'd say I wish I would have known all the things that I know today. So if I would have all known all the things I know today, I would have been much more focused when I moved to Australia. I would have worked less for other companies, more started my own business straight away. And I would have still traveled the world and not be limited to the income that I made or to what other people said or did because there was a time when I thought I wanted to be an actor. But when I ended up being in hospital due to stress, due to not looking after myself, and I was back when I was living in Melbourne, I thought I had a stroke and I thought to myself, if I were to die right now without family in hospital, did I live my life with purpose? And the answer to that came back, no. And then i asked my subconscious mind so what is my purpose in my life right now and within seconds i mean within my mind i have shown pictures of me having written a book being on stage being embraced by people inspiring people and helping them with what they want to do with their life and their business i at the time was still employed uh with 21st century education i wasn't you know a public speaker i wasn't an author or any of that stuff i thought to myself all right now so what it ultimately means is that i need to put myself first and become a leader instead of being a follower and that changed everything and i I was told on that day i got about another stroke I had Bell's palsy and from there on I decided I'm going to change the way that I live my life and if I would have known that purpose before I even moved to Australia life would have all been would have been different completely in the future you know what I wish That I impact people in a positive way and touch many people's lives to help uh, entrepreneurs to have more positive self-beliefs, learn how to improve their communication and leadership skills so that they can have it easier to have a balanced lifestyle while succeeding with whatever projects they have.
0: What a great note to end this podcast on. Thank you very much, Dario, and we will pop your website and all your contacts in the show notes. Is there any final word you would like to say?
1: Look, if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like you're blocked because of limiting beliefs, or you feel like you want to improve your skills or you're not sure where it is that you want to take your service and how to promote it and how to do all this, reach out to me for a discovery call and for for a conversation. I'm here for you. And regardless if if you end up working with me or not, I'm more than happy to give you some tips on what you can do. So feel free to reach out.
0: And thank you very much for your time, Dario.
1: Thank you, Kathy.
0: Don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk podcast and head on over to smallbusinesstalk.com.au forward slash downloads for all the show notes and links to this episode. Remember, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode. Take action and implement it. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Until then, take action. And SBT community, enjoy your journey.